Hello and welcome to a special October edition of the Movie Arc, brought to you by the Archivine Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin, and I am doing a spooky voice because I am so terrified of the film we have just seen and what we're about to talk about. If that is a scary voice, then I am upset that I crossed oceans of time to be with you. Uh, I'm Matthew Blanchard, uh, and with me, as always, at the party is Patrick Blanchard, and I got nothing on the voice tonight. No, he's 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 not good with the voice. It's it's all. I am one quarter. I am one quarter of the cousins Blanchard. That's right. Yes. Yes, Oh yeah. This is an all Blanchard review, as promised, of Halloween. Parentheses 2018. I don't know. It's Halloween, I guess. We've been calling it 18. 18, of course. I do enjoy that. Halloween. Halloween is good as well. And I guess, I mean, if we really want to, we can just start referring to this one as Halloween and refer to the original as John Carpenter's Halloween. We can just call it Halloween 40. Or H42? (laughs) No, no, just Halloween 40, not H40. Yeah, but you don't want to call it H40 because then people might think that there's, you know... 39 well, other movies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is bad <laughs> yeah. enough. People are confused say Halloween by 40. 10. See, it's very okay. simple. We've got John Carpenter's Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and Halloween. Yeah, See, but that implies enough. that this one is superior, and I'm not entirely sure I want to say that yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, leaning in that but direction, <laughs> but shit, <laughs> I don't want to pull the trigger yet. Yes. Okay, but before we go any further, just to yes. preface everything, we... We are literally like an hour and a half removed from our individual screenings. Yes. Uh, Gavin and I saw it down here in Charleston, where we- most of the movie was filmed. Indeed. Uh, packed house. Great theatrical experience. Just has a movie-going experience. Okay? Um, so no complaints on that end. See, we I went and saw we it should... in one of those nice theaters where you can reserve your seats and it's lounging seats so everybody can lean back. Yes. So I couldn't tell you if the house was really full or not. About two-thirds full. Maybe two-thirds, but maybe a little bit more. I don't know. Some people were laying down. Um, yes. So much so one dude was snoring through most of the movie. Okay. From, <laughs> yes, from it, the time the trailers began. So that was mm. fun. Uh, uh, but otherwise, okay. it was a good experience. It was a good Good film, good good movie going experience. I, I had a good time. All right, so we we've set the table. Now I think we got we we go around the horn and oh. let's offer some spoiler free thoughts, just general impressions, overall like consensus. And I think maybe we should start with our eldest member, if that's okay with you, Patrick. That's fine. Uh, this is a fun filled action romp horror film. It is. Aliens to John Carpenter's Halloween as Alien. Hot take. I like it. I like it. Okay, okay. I, I see that. I, I, I see it. I would argue it's more T2 to original Terminator than Aliens to Alien, but... I I also like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it, it improves in an interesting way. Um, I'm a little more torn on it right now. I'm, I really, really, really enjoyed it, right? I, I, I loved this movie, but I really love H2O, and I really love Halloween 4, and I really love the franchise is that have existed. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't. It's, it's fundamentally a different film that very, very much steps outside of those other films. So, uh, so yeah, I'm torn. I, I'm, I'm still on the side of I really liked it, though. It was a, it was a blast. Gav? Okay. Uh, I see it as the Home Alone 2 to Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> so the vastly inferior version. Oh. <laughs> no, Holo 2's the best, man. No it way. Did. No way. Hey, yeah. yeah. Do not discount Brenda Fricker and the magic of New York. And if we could just erase, you know, um, the whole Trump sequence, it's, it's golden. You you, uh, it's uh, there's one thing about Home Alone 2 that no one thinks about that is a reason why it's better. And that is 
Darling Love, and the E Street Band. That's all. Okay. Fair okay. Just that little New York scene makes it ten times better than the original. Okay, so your actual thoughts, please. Um, no, I love it. I thought it was perfect. I thought it did everything I wanted it to do and more. There was a few, like, oh, shit moments that, like, you know, I didn't expect coming. There was right. a few, like, okay, we know this is happening. Like, we all, everybody in the audience kind of had that collective, oh, like, there was a visible one. You and me. Yes. Like, everybody went, oh, sh-. Like, we all had that, ah, oh, fuck, that, that's happening. So, uh, that was fun. See, our audience was kind of boring and didn't really participate. Oh, we definitely had a uh, an involved and enthralled audience. They were they were into it for sure. Oh yeah, everybody and very respectful as well. There was no like you know, no no jokes, no attempts at jokes, if the, you will. When the jokes were there, they did laugh. Everybody yes, everybody laughed like in all the right just, places, if you will. Yeah, I do think okay. it's also harder to to kind of view the audience in the kind of theater we were in. Uh, because effectively you're in a place where you're on a couch <laughs> and you're separated yeah. from the next person by almost Definitely. the distance that, you know, you and I are actually separated right now by a middle seat. Yeah, but So yeah. everybody's spread out. So conversations that are happening are happening at a low volume respectfully and you're not necessarily hearing everyone's reactions because you're more spread out. But when we so I'm not willing to say that I, it was it was it was a boring crowd because there were people who were reacting. I heard them, I saw them. I heard them, however, it was it was not to the degree of the audible reaction to H2O that we experienced 20 years ago. Sitting 13 inches away from somebody. Well, even See, that's even, that's my even the volume would fill the house if there if it had been there uh, and nobody clapped in this one uh-huh well didn't one there... of you get hit in the head with a penny in h2o though or was that jason or somebody i've what? heard that story uh, several times or something like that somebody hit somebody with a penny i got hit I in the head with a crouton by william shatner but, but not no at halloween h2o. not at halloween h2o well that would, that would make an interesting story i want to say jason had some story about like he went to a theater with one of you maybe he wasn't talking about you two and i just assumed it was you guys but Jason Wait, went like and Jason, like, our, our, like our, our cousin Jason? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw a movie with him. Certainly not wow, a horror man. movie. I've had this story in my head that like he told me, and I don't know why I assumed it was you guys that went, but like he got hit in the head with a penny when L.O. Cool J bought it, <laughs> allegedly. And he wow. like stood up and said something, and then like he apparently he might have been at like Military Circle Mall Theater or something. I don't know. Anyway. Fascinating, because yeah, that was that was not us. We saw it together, of course, Patrick and I, but Jason was not there. Oh wow, okay. I just love it when I find out things in my childhood are ruined. So that's cool. <laughs> that well, you I'm just sorry dreamed to dreamed up entire stories. I swear to God, sorry to ruin it. I swear to God, Jason, it's not that I dreamed it up. It's that Jason told me this, and I just assumed it was them. I mean, okay. wouldn't be the first thing about H2O that you've dreamed up. All right, may oh. What, what was the second out. one that I dreamed of? What that there was a phantom like post credit scene. There is a post credit scene. I swear to God, there is not a post credit scene. It doesn't exist. I swear exist. to God, it's a myth. I will, f- I will find myth. it. No, you won't, because it doesn't exist. It. I will find it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, right. save this for next time when we get back together to do the final yes. episode. Can I, can I please attempt to put it back on the rails <laughs> yes. for a I'm, moment? Yeah, I was. Tr- I was trying to settle them down. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Okay. Thank you for that lovely tangent, brother. That okay. Was, that was great. Um, I I think I'm a little more in Matt's camp. Maybe a little more, like, reserved. But I will say I thoroughly enjoyed it overall. I've got minor quibbles, but I was pleasantly surprised. I had a lot of expectations, and it definitely met them in some aspects and subverted them in other aspects but overall i i really enjoyed it it's a good halloween movie definitely, that, definitely. that's my, I can agree my overall that. thoughts my spoiler free thoughts so and and as we have been going through and talking about all of these movies um i've got to say i am looking forward to coming back and closing the loop on this later by doing a full Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Brothers Blanchard deep dive on this movie. Absolutely. Man, now, I something I think we can talk about, like before we get into spoilers, which we are going to do, people. So if you haven't watched the movie, I'll oh yes, you know when to tune out. But, spoilery is fuck, um, folks. Did any of you guys watch 
78 last night. Yes. Yes. Okay. On uh, in 4K for the first for the first time in 4K. Uh, yes. I didn't uh, watch it in 4K. Matt, you want to give us the rundown on the on the 4K 40th anniversary release? Um, it is very much the same as the previous Blu-ray uh, release. <laughs> um, uh, it's actually struck from the same master. So okay. if you own the uh, the edition that came out, um, what was it, the 35th anniversary the edition? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the interview with Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, the new commentary track with Jamie Lee and John Carpenter. If you have that version on Blu-ray, you saw effectively the 1080p version of the 4k blu-ray that i just watched last night gotcha um, any new uh feature ads on there no and that's what bothered me um because okay. one of the things and we've we, we talked about this last year but uh, there are people who are probably new to this uh we may have picked up some people along the way the beauty of halloween is every time it comes out in a superior video format you kind of catch things that you didn't catch before Mm-hmm. Um, like we originally experienced it in a four three VHS, and there are so many times in that two thirty five one scope frame in the widescreen format of the film where Michael's just out of frame, and you never see him in the in the pan and scan. Mm-hmm. So when we saw it expand outward, we we saw more of Michael, and it it kind of opened the film up, and then on Blu ray. The clarity revealed Michael in places you had not seen him before. I was hoping 4K would do the same thing. 4K just made the the wallpaper really, really evident. Um, gotcha. It's it's pretty wallpaper. Okay, and, uh, so for people who have not made the jump yet, you don't. This need to is rush not the movie to do it for. Th- yes, this is not the one that's going to convert you. No, okay. No. Well, uh, any. In fact, other it kind spoiler- of ruins it. In in a in a in a crucial scene, I will say oh, it okay. ruins okay. it. Halloween seventy eight, um, scene after Lori has gone through the bedroom, and is is she stepped out. She's right by the stairs, and Michael is slowly revealed in the doorway behind her, and then steps out and stabs her in the arm. Mm-hmm. It's a classic scene. If you're a fan of the mythos, you know that it was done by putting a a light a fill light just above his head on a dimmer switch the true blacks in 4k actually make it so you can barely see him as he's being revealed so that wonderful shot of his reveal is muted and and barely visible okay so fuck you 4k you ruined all right (laughs) so there is a mark against it definitely do not do not rush out and pick it up all right any other spoiler-free thoughts anybody wants to throw in before we take the gloves off, as it were, pull out the knives, and uh, and get the slash? Okay. No, I'm ready to get yeah, the that gloves That was a resounding That was silence. a resounding let's <laughs> dive in. So, folks, Already. if you are not ready for spoilers, if you've not seen this, go back to the movie arc and click on Everyone's Entitled to One Good Scare, Episode 1, and watch us talk about Halloween 1978 then go see this movie, then come back right here for the conversation. Excellent plug, sir. Absolutely. Okay, so, without further ado, spoilers for Halloween 2018 will commence in 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Who wants to jump in? We can go anywhere. We don't have to go chronologically. Somebody wants to throw out a scene or a sequence, whatever jumped out at them. Oh, they did, this, they did this one thing that tweaked me off. And oh, because oh. it tweaked me off in H two O. Okay. They 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 got a voiceover artist to do Donald Pleasance as Sam Loomis. This one is better. He's much better. a lot better. Okay, but and I so much. Not, sh- it's still not. I could. Okay, I could tell. so much so that I was questioning. I was like, is this some weird thing where we took a bunch of Donald Pleasance performances and put them in a computer? Yeah. And like arranged him to say this because it was very close but sounded disjointed yeah that was a little it was a nice nod though for i sure. do like though that they tried to cover it by by having the warp the tape, tape speed is, yeah. like that that i thought mm. was a really good attempt to kind of deal with it and and give him a presence in this movie 
Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I think that was a brilliant idea, given the fact that they gave him a counterpart in this movie and then pulled the rug out from under us on that. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, that's a good place to start. I mean, that's a it's great the beginning place of the movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we get the Citadel scene that we that looks like the coolest thing in the fucking world. The yes. the chessboard sequence, and, and we yeah. we do get... Uh, uh, the I get validation in that British dude is not Sam Loomis's son, which makes me fucking happy. Yeah. I was so pissed at the idea yeah. that he might be. Um, see, and then we... It, I'm, I, I'm going to jump yeah. in. I don't um, want to do a blow by blow, but yeah, yeah, no, we don't have to do a blow by yeah, blow. No. But uh, this opening was where I was a l- I was a little a little tepid, a little trepidatious. I don't know how I want to put it, but the the build to the stinger of like boom title reveal Halloween d- didn't fully get me there. The like the craziness of the yeah the patience and everything right, and so it seemed I'm a, a little, little much. Yes, I'm a little off kilter, like from the get go. So yes. I'm, I'm not necessarily worried, but eventually, for me, the movie found its footing, and I loved at the end of the day the simplicity of this narrative. Like, yeah, it yes. really does not have a lot of narrative fluff to it. The one my main kind of thing that did not work for me, I'll go ahead and like lead with that, is Sartain. Yeah, and yeah. all of that. Uh, I felt like that entire character could have been excised, and you wouldn't have missed much. Like, mm-hmm. it really did not add a lot to the movie for me. And the turn of him basically becoming, like, dark Loomis, like, this is maybe where Loomis could have gone if he went completely off the crazy deep right. end. Or one of the shadow figures from Five. Exactly. And he's like, he's talking in, like, a, yeah, exactly, like a cult of thorn almost as yeah. way and yep. so i was like is this almost commentary on like well fuck all that side of things that he gets killed almost immediately after yeah he the- you know takes out will Patton, who i'm like come on man yeah i thought he was fantastic let's let's go uh performance based now but let's let's save jamie lee for a moment supporting right. players uh who are the standouts for you guys well uh, the standout the standout the little black child it, that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> little, uh, oh God, uh, what was his name? Julian? Julian. Julian. Yes, little Julian. Yeah, stole that's what I said. Little, little black show, show, dude. Absolutely. Yes. Julian that all day. Um, the fact that he tells him, you go up there, you're going to die, as he's running out the house, like, that's perfect. You're going to die, Dave. You're going to die, Dave. <laughs> it's like, okay. I love the deaths off screen. That's one oh, of my favorite things. Absolutely. It goes back to, the, I mean, what you do see is brutal. In some aspects, which I like the blend. I like the, oh no, him being her brother is bullshit. I like your argument with like the Sartain thing. It's like, oh, fuck all that. That's bullshit too. He literally serves as a purpose to get him from one place to another. Yes. That's pretty much it. And on this... I've got one question though. Go ahead. In that scene, how many people were thinking, that's probably not him. It's a it's a callback to the first one where or the second one where they hit the wrong kid in the mask. Like, oh yeah. Were you thinking that totally? Abs- like absolutely. It's gonna be Bent Tra- Bennett Tramer. Like he's gonna be there. <laughs> I, I definitely. How about Lonnie, did. dude? I'm so glad we got to have, find out what happened to Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, dude. He got his ass away from there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That actually that creeps me out just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Because if if that dude went to school with Lonnie. And is married to Judy Greer. What's the mm-hmm. creepy age gap between them? It's only between literally got to be. Oh no! Wow. It can, no yeah. Tom. Yeah. No, it is. I I just now kind of put that together. <laughs> he would have yeah. been what? Even more because we don't know when she's seven, born. eight years old. Yeah. He would have been okay, spe- seven or eight years of, old, just like of Tommy Doyle, Toby Huss, and, and Judy oh. Greer. To- Toby Huss is is my unsung oh. hero. I, I, I love his performance. It just yeah, made yes. it a little creepy. Yeah. With the Lonnie connection making it glaringly obvious that he's way fucking older than Karen uh, Strode. Yes. Could have been worse. She could have been Karen Wallace. Uh, he could have been Tommy. Personally, been I would have liked for older. her to not have a, a name that sounded like Kara or Carrie. But, yeah. you know, that's me. Not- 
I'm just saying Ray could have been Tommy Wallace, and it sure. could have, they could have like tried to shoehorn in Doyle. Tommy oh, Doyle. Tommy Doyle. Or Tommy, Tommy Wallace would have been great. The mask would have looked even better. But uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I do have some some concept issues with that mask. That mask is wildly uneven. Um, but that's, throughout the movie, yeah. Well, the act, the the mask. It behaves differently under different light, they found uh, out. And that's yes. why it's so wild. They didn't find that till after they like, sculpted just, and started shooting. And that's what I don't understand. Like, do okay, do you not like do you not just have like you know what you did with the first one? See, do you not the just thing. do that they again? Don't. They don't. That's that's been the problem this whole time. So yeah. so so Tommy Lee Wallace bought the original mask, cut the shit out of it, painted it, repainted it painted it again didn't write down what colors he used didn't write down where he applied didn't take notes yeah so spray painted black in the hair yeah not brown like everyone expects but black in the uh-huh. in the white hair of this Shatner mask so there's no record of how he created the look from the original mask they were able to duplicate it somewhat for the other masks they shot with in Halloween 78. But even in 78, you can see that there are different masks yep. that don't look yeah. the same. And there are there are post-production shots of the uh, John Carpenter and Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle playing at a playing musical instruments at a party yeah. wearing the masks. But because <laughs> At least because it was one person doing all of the work, they were at least somewhat similar. Yeah. Because he replicated Mm -hmm. it as a process. You know, he did them all at the same time. Uh, In two, we have sort of the 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 deterioration of the original masks, and the creation of one or two new masks to to add to the mix. But at no point did Tommy Lee Wallace go. This is how I did it. This is what. I did exactly like uh, what we, one of the things we talk about in a couple of days when we finally drop uh, the Halloween four episode of everyone's entitled one good scare plug plug. Yes. Um, Did you know that the Halloween four mask is actually a Shatner mask? I had no idea. What mask is this one though? What, what, what's the, who, what mask is in this movie, this Halloween movie we're talking about? (laughs) This this one was uh, it's not off of the uh, the original Shatner mold, yeah. although it does have its roots in a pressing off of the uh, uh, the seventy five. This one was sculpted um, by Chris ne- Christopher Nelson and Justin Mabry. Justin Mabry has been an independent mask maker um, going back fifteen twenty years. He's one of the main names uh, in it. And he worked on the mask uh, with uh, Christopher Nelson, the special effects guy. Um, they couldn't actually use the full Kirk. So they, uh, they did a different mold. It it's, has its roots in the same mold and pressing, but it's just tweaked a little bit. Right. So much so that if you buy from Trick or Treat Studios the 2018 Halloween mask... You're buying a mask that was sculpted by the person who sculpted it for the movie. And it's a really screen, almost accurate, uh, out there, mass, produ- mass production mask. I bought one, and it's great. What do you guys think of him not having a mask on through most of the movie? And then let's jump into who bought it the best. A little segment I like to call, who bought it the best, which means... <laughs> What's the best kill in the movie? Because okay. it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm still driving two hours to go home. and have to be at work at 8 o'clock. So let's get this train rolling, guys. Oh, yes, What do you think of him not having be? What do you think of him not having a mask on for most of the movie? I, I thought that shit fine. was dope. I um, thought it was dope. I think we, we flirted with showing his full face a little too often. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I mean, I think we full-on saw it slightly out of focus at least twice. Oh, yeah. Um, which didn't not work for me. My question, is that a stuntman or is that Nick Castle unmasked playing? Like, because he is credited, where is he playing the shape from what we understand? Nick's, 
Nick's scenes uh, have been rumored to be but one. Okay. And it's is it the one Is it perhaps the one uh, which we got to talk about? I, I I think that's Jude Courtney. I don't. That's. I don't think it's. I think that is Nick Castle because Nick Castle because Michael suddenly gets a lot smaller across the chest for that oneer. I think I, I would that's be interested to know what thoughts on the oneer, guys. Just oh in God, general. that's. <laughs> I've been I've been hearing about that since April. Okay. See, I haven't heard a damn thing. Yeah, yes, I turned my I, I, I turned everything off the movie. It. I mean, we got a taste of it in the second trailer. Yes, and that was the one that got me way more on board. But right. seeing it play out in all its glory, and Gavin, did you you had to take a bathroom break? Right, I, I, right when that sequence started, I know, and Gavin I knew it was starting, back. and I was like, I knew what it was, <laughs> and I was like, I know it's unbroken, and I pissed before I went, but I was like so amped, I was like, if I don't do this now. I mean, yes, Gavin gonna get mad literally me for went to the bathroom and returned while the one was still going on. And I was like, it hasn't cut yet. <laughs> I was like, I, I, oh, my God. I was like, I know. I know. Because I read about, I, that's the one article I allowed myself to read was when people had watched it uh, a while back. And they're like, oh, my God, there's just one take. And it's great. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll bite. So I read the article and I was like, I can't wait to see it. Yes. Uh that was one of the highlights of the movie for me, Definitely. for sure. Same my my favorite thing is how, to me, it blended every different part of the franchise as a whole, kind of deduced into one. Yeah, you know, I think that was probably there's, there's touches of it all there. I mean, sure. there's I mean everything you can think of. The only thing I had a problem with is I don't know are we counting one and two as an event that she goes back to because she says five people were murdered and if you're counting two a lot more people were murdered but if you're we're just not counting, counting two, you're we're not counting, counting movie two. one well, who, we're counting the, the sister judith is the, the drifter okay. and then my three friends that's it drifter my three dog yeah can't forget dog yeah two dogs actually two dogs yep okay i can I forget about Judith Myers, <laughs> yes, it could guys. Have been I, I completely forget about Judy. I just, I can't. I don't know why. It's because, Maybe it's because We it's... literally flash back to it in this movie. Oh, Twice. that's what I was getting ready to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. good, say it, man. Say yeah. it. No, no. No one lead, just said it. Lead us. No one, just, no one just said it. Say it again. <laughs> the way you wanted to say it. I mean, dude, it's in this movie. <laughs> did you see this movie? Yes, I yeah, saw I did. this movie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but no, but when I'm thinking of back to like, oh, he killed five people. Not that night. He killed her back in the 60s, not yes, the night that she's is, referring to. I agree to. that it is weird that she specifically says five because that's the body count of the movie, not of the events that she exactly. experienced. Exactly, and it's it is like, a okay, weird. yeah, that's, that's well, what, that's, yeah. There, there's a history of her reacting to things in movies that don't play in world like when she freaks out in h2o when mr sandman's on the radio in the truck she didn't listen to that in the movie we did no we heard that le- yeah we yeah, heard exactly. that leaving yeah mm-hmm. um okay but yeah i agree with you the big thing for me as far as the violence is concerned something you alluded to earlier again yeah. the way that we come across a lot of like violence yes that's like the wake of michael basically and i like I wasn't trying to keep track, but I'm like, it's got to be beyond double digits in the course of this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, it set a tone of him being very intimidating and scary and, again, like a kind of force of nature in a way that the zombie movies did with, like, sheer brutality. <laughs> this, I felt like, and I think part of it is just the way David Gordon Green shot it in <laughs> general... It's a little more locked down. It's a little more like controlled chaos. It's not this like shaky cam, super intense, like we're just going to amp up the soundtrack and that's going to do a lot of the work and just like we're going to stay here and you're going to follow this stab and this stab and this stab. I thought it was, again, like controlled chaos, these isolated moments of like holy shit or yeah. coming upon some like extremely gory imagery. Yeah. But also not lingering on it. No, not lot. at all. It's very like, here it is, boom, we're moving on. Yeah. And the pace overall, I thought was incredible. Like, I, the movie never really slowed down at all for me. <laughs> except for a little bit of that with Sartain. That's one thing I'll continue to harp on. Because it led to my one biggest meta moment 
that just did not play. When she literally says to him, oh, you're the new Loomis. That was just a little too much for me. And it did not play in the theater at all. Nobody laughed. No. No reaction. It just, that's the one part where I was like, he got a little too cutesy, guys. Just a smidge. But and trying to shoehorn him, Will Patton, in in place of Charles Cyphers, like you don't do that. But I thought Patton was great. I thought, he I thought was. Omar Dorsey was also awesome as like the I guess the next rung up. Is he the the sheriff or the lieutenant? I, I don't know. He's the cop with the hat. I mean, I, I don't the know. The cop with the hat. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Every I town's got a cop with a hat. Exactly. And a hat. I loved I loved the cop stuff in general and the cop banter towards the end yeah. about the bon me sandwich. Come on, man. Yes. I was amazed how well the humor played. Oh overall. yeah, that was perfect. And with how swiftly it moves, the economy of storytelling that like I did invest in the granddaughter's friends and all of them, mm-hmm. like to a certain degree. And like the one who's babysitting, of course, I was like I was so upset when she died. Like I really I wanted her to at least last a little bit longer. And you're so concerned for the little boy, Julian, who again steals the show, because of the first kill that we see in the movie. Yeah, that set the tone which, real well. Yes, which sets up right there. We've never seen Michael kill a child. No. That I can remember in the entire run. But We've seen him come kid's... close a time or two. Too damn too, Yes, damn absolutely. But... <laughs> I, you're sitting there questioning the whole time, and that was the first sequence where I was like, this movie's finding its groove. I, I see where it's going. And the first time where I was like, this plays. This really, really plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the build-up to him eventually getting back in that car and, again, mimicking a little bit of Annie's kill in the original, mm-hmm. but so much more brutal. Also but being again, set in the opening of how he escapes in exactly, the original. Like, yeah. it's so... it's You can tell. If you didn't know that these guys were fans, you can tell two fanboys wrote this movie. And that's my thing. It's subtle. They don't hit you over the head. Yes, the Loomis line, a little bit of hitting that's over the what head. That's saying. The, but, the moments where it got a little too obvious, I did, but I liked that, you know, they were just peppered in. Mm-hmm. It was nice little touches. It, it They didn't outstay their welcome, and they weren't glaringly obvious if you're not, you know, yeah. if you're not primed for them, which, of course, we all are going into this. So. Yeah. I mean, David uh, Gordon Green said in interviews that there's there's shout outs to all the sequels. Yep. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that was mean, the best I, part. I definitely think I, in going back again, which we, Gavin and I definitely are, we've got to take our mom who showed us the original when oh, we yeah. were children. Uh, so we look forward to doing that. And, of course, just digesting it more in general. But uh, I, whoever wants to jump in, there's, you know, oh. a big gripe. Or Who caught? Want to talk about a particular sequence? Like lay it on. I I want to talk about a particular sequence, and uh, I'm going to couch it in. Who caught the big cameo in the movie? Uh, PJ Souls. PJ and Souls. The voice of the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the classroom was, that looks was, identical yep. to the '78 classroom with the exactly reveal of giving Lori a very very similar uh, lesson. Cutting right back to oh hey grandma. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant sequence and the fact that they brought in pj to do the voice of that absolute yes. perfection and i even more perfect that we don't actually see her on camera that was exactly. it's just that the voice i thought that was great uh and of course for me just calls back to her narrating the best halloween documentary we've gotten thus far yes. that goes through the entire franchise so um i'll argue that there's one better and it was narrated well, by d snyder but you well, know. lay it on me, because I definitely need to see that. It was the one that came with the 20th anniversary VHS. Okay. Well, which 90% of the footage in the PJ Solson documentary comes exactly from that video. Oh, okay. I yeah. gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that was definitely my favorite callback. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's the callback that has been most duplicated throughout the franchise. And this one did it best. By virtue yeah, of being agree. able to put it in effectively the same classroom, even though it's not actually the same location, right. sure shit looks like it. Like yeah. That's that's some some good production design. This definitely worked. I mean, again, they shot it down here, you know, miles away from Gavin and I Park at this circle, moment. Baby. And uh, but I thought it totally played as like looks like Haddonfield. 
It sure looks does. like any town USA, you yeah. know, well, absolutely. Have you ever driven enough, over that area? Yeah. Some of the interiors were actually sets, cover sets that were rebuilt when they were intending to reshoot sequences from the ending of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the school was a, was a built set that was built to look identical, the interior to look exactly like Haddonfield High. And Lori's house is, is, is an identical rebuild of the Wallace house from Halloween 1. Oh, wow. You can I, really I, see it in the upstairs rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, when you watch it again, keep an eye out for that. Because uh, they built those before John Carpenter urged them to cut the reshoots. Because they were originally going to shoot sort of a, like a flashback retelling different angle with, mm-hmm. a, with a Jamie Lee Curtis body double to show Michael get away. And then, oh, I got you. Yeah, I loved that they did not like directly tie. Like we didn't yeah. see well, that, later that night when he well, gets taken in or anything. Well, I was gonna say like that's that's makes that's the one cutaway deal. Then is like you have you don't have him get taken. How he escapes? Like oh, he stopped Doctor Loomis from killing him. It's like you kind of want to see that to see what they're trying to redo. But at the same time, I right. just want to take your word for it. Because I don't want to, I don't want to have it rewritten. I don't want to see something exactly. that's supposed to happen in the past yeah. redone today as like, oh, this is really what happened. Because then you cheat me on, yeah, exactly. Evil gets up I and like walks that they away. Just did not and and that's basically. why John said to to cut it. Yeah, um, exactly. So always trust John Carpenter's instincts because he was spot Spe- on. Speaking of John Carpenter, the score, the score. Oh I God. literally, you know, I was trying to temper my letting, you know, letting Gavin see my reactions throughout the movie because I right. knew we were going to talk about it and everything. But the one point where I did have to nudge him, uh, it, a little more than halfway through, when things are really kicking into high gear, and it's that first running shot of the granddaughter. Her name continues to escape me. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but uh, Allison. Her, thank you, Allison. Her friend has been, uh, you know, set up on the gate and everything. The backyard kill that's, like, very lengthy and everything. The backyard kill she from g- who he thinks is Mr. Elrod. Yes. Just call back to Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so as soon as she starts running and the score kicks in, yeah. I was just like, this is phenomenal. Because this, I yeah. had I had avoided listening to any of the singles thus far. Of course, I've been waiting with bated breath for the soundtrack but that moment i was just like dude this is amazing and continued to stand out for me throughout the movie i can't wait to listen to this over and over again but definitely i thought every everything they did with it was fantastic any any other thoughts on the score in particular um i'd i'd listen to the shape returns track like i want to say like 15 20 times Mm -hmm. uh just to get a feel for it because it's that one is literally... Uh, some of them are, are reorchestrations or re-recordings. There are tracks that John has admitted he's taken the original master tracks from the original score, resynthed them, and run them through a couple of editors, and they came out with this new sound. But it's the mm-hmm. original piece, and that's The Shape Returns. So it's built out of the constituent components of actual scored music from 78 so i listened to it a lot um that, and it was that, great to see it play against the oneer oh yeah that was great yeah just mm-hmm. throwing that in there i and think it, he, he's done a lot more with guitar yes. lately on his like more synth and more like that yeah. mouth of madness guitar coming in on some parts like just a heavy guitar bass blending in with the synth which i like yes the first real heavy guitar sting though (laughs) it worried me just Mm -hmm. a little because uh halloween six is a weird score with that uh, alan howarth guitar riffs yeah so i was a little concerned uh but but john didn't steer me wrong um i'm gonna listen to that a bunch i feel um I'm really looking forward to digging into the other tracks because he did a really good job of kind of hiding the Halloween score in the mix of this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, a, that was great. It's layered throughout and it's there, but you've got to look for it in places, mm-hmm. which is really kind of smart. Um, 
I feel like the the big, you know, the thing we really haven't touched on directly, Jamie Lee Curtis, the Lori character as she exists in this timeline. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Go 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 for it, Kev. Perfect. That's it. Okay. No, I mean think like I oh, feel like another movie with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, very different movie. Oh, the, is I actually the... sent Gavin a gift of Perfect <laughs> earlier today. And I sent him one back, and the one I sent was Travolta thrusting at him. It said, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys the screenshots. It's funny. <laughs> my, my, oh, mom said, I screen capped it, give it to her. She's like, thank you for this. And I was like, you're welcome, oh, mom. God. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I thought, like, just the... I don't know if maybe in this, like, when we were in 97 with h2o if we maybe necessarily weren't up on our whole everybody use talk space everybody go talk to somebody everybody get a shrink but i feel like the way that she manifests everything from that initial trauma from the first film to me personally it played on every level as to like this is the one thing in her life that defined her to her core and she is not going to ever be okay until that is completely done. Yes. Until Signified in the line of, I can kill Burns her. it to the ground. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I will say, coming off the back of rewatching it last night and really trying to put myself back in the shoes of like the first, you know, I've, I've seen it over 50 times. It starts to lose, to lose a little bit of the luster. But I'm just trying to put myself in the headspace of, like, you're just, you know, going about your evening. You're a good person. You know, you're babysitting. You're taking care of innocence, literally. And everybody around you, all your friends, get revealed to you that they've been sliced and diced. And then you have to fight for your life against this guy who just keeps coming back. Who you have who you no, have no idea. connection to whatsoever. Yes. And what that would do to you psychologically. And re- and it goes back to that original performance that, like, just you can see that she is fundamentally shattered as a human being by the end of that movie. Like, yeah. that's a rough night for anybody. Yeah. Okay? Sure. H2O, we get a very hard-edged, cynical, very post- post scream kevin williamson type character mm-hmm. and very much closer to you know what we talk about where it's like that's just jamie lee curtis that's how we like to think of her like she's a badass you know mm-hmm. and then we come into this where it's a mix of her preparedness and all of this where like we're like is she going full on like sarah connor with this mm-hmm. but also we see borderline alcoholic she's had two broken marriages, estranged daughter, like just all of this stuff that goes back to that original. And yeah, for me, I could have, I could have even done with more of it. Like, yeah. And I I like that we did eventually get to like the catharsis with her and the daughter, but I, I, you know, I like that relationship and I, I could have done with more of it. I thought it was a deeper exploration than what we got maybe in H2O where she does have similar estranged dynamics, you know, it's an, another man has left her. She's with just Josh Hartnett. You know, well, it's like everybody's. Mom. Everybody seemed to be asking, like, "Oh, why? Why Michael? Why Michael?" Like they want to figure his psyche out. It's like you have someone here who, yes, she won't talk about it, but why not? Like this one. Like the, here's a clear manifestation of what trauma does, mm-hmm. and the slight extent. I'm not trying to get weird about it or trying to like harp on it, but like I've seen it. I have a lady who I've worked with who, you know, I'm in the same room with them, guy jumps over the counter gun in their face and there's two or three of them that they still to this day it's been a year guys in jail not getting out rest of his life he's done but they are still traumatized and on that i think maybe that's why i kind of hit on that more because i've gotten closer to that with real life even though i've been removed from it but just seeing the effects like eat away at her when she thinks she's fine and she's got it all together like the breakdown when the bus was leaving you know that was Mm -hmm. That was it. I was like, okay, this is, this is a nice exploration of what 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 this has done to this character. Absolutely. I I agree wholeheartedly. I just think there are some beats that they 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 probably could have just skipped. And and I totally like agree. I don't I don't think it's a flawless. I know you said perfect from the top. 
perfect is. I think I think she is fantastic. I think I, oh, I, I agree. Think there are some beats and lines within the script. Yeah. That that don't necessarily didn't necessarily play, but you know, again, uh, this is this is about as raw as a reaction gets. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I can say that like I can't wait to go see it again. Oh definitely. And like look for all yes. of the things that I missed and all the other little touches. You know, now that I'm not just focused on what is the plot, where is it going, right. mm-hmm. and that, again, that's what I really loved was it was it was pretty simple. Like yeah. we didn't go off on any crazy weird tangents that did not fully pay off. Like yeah, everything yeah. I felt like really was cohesive and for me a very satisfying ending. Did you gentlemen stay after the credits? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As did Gavin. I, I did not. Uh, I, I bailed. so you missed the song. I guess I did miss a song. What's the, missed, Gavin didn't mention a song. Well, did Gavin realize what the song at the very end of the credits was? What? The, the, there's sort of a twangy country song. Yeah. That ends the credits. Written by John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis, it's the lyrics from the song that Laurie sings in Halloween 1. What? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Is that on the soundtrack? Uh, I don't know if it's on the soundtrack, but it was. It was. It was the end. They even credit them in the in the credits as the okay, writer. Definitely of the song. staying for the credits next time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's. It took me a second. I was like, wait a minute. I, I wish I had you Where all. Where is she alone. singing it? Just the two. Wait a minute. Um, but it's it's not her singing it. But it's the song she sang when she's walking down the street at the beginning. Yeah, of okay, yeah, okay. That's what. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but Which yeah, I thought kinda, was just a brilliant little little touch. That, One that thing I did touch. wish I did see was that like there were some Girl Scout medals on the wall somewhere. That would have been dope. Would have been a nice callback to the original. Yeah. The well, Girl I mean, Scout her hat <laughs> was hanging on that bedroom wall. That same fucking hat that was on her yeah. wall in '78. That's something. Yeah. I loved all the rooms with nothing in them. That was my <laughs> right? favorite. That was perfect. Like it's this whole house, man. Like I said, it's like Halloween, uh, Home Alone too. It's like it's, it's booby trap. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, when they like, like, if we can go ahead and dive towards the finale, um, when they get out of that basement and boom, the crossbars close across it. I was just like, this is it, man. Like she totally did it. So of course, when you tell me the one thing that I of expected to be at the end of these credits that there was breathing i yeah. was like well all right what what are we doing here because obviously this movie's gonna be a hit it's gonna make all the money this weekend yeah i think it's gonna have legs i think it's gonna have positive word of mouth as sure. well and then Where, they'll rush out a sequel to it um it'll probably have yeah. like uh i don't know who's the equivalent of buster rhymes these days uh, two chains <laughs> yeah two chains i'll just okay I'm gonna show up i don't know i'm just saying this is that. that's what worries me is that this is going to be a success and they're going yes because again i i love where this stands in relation to again the franchise and what h2o did specifically it was 20 years later and it was the movie of that time it was post scream it had a certain vibe to it and it made Halloween fit into that mold. Yeah. And now this, 40 years removed, it feels like it is a new, like it's it's a type of new slasher I would like say the to slasher see lizard ex- dies by explored, this movie. basically. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if I need to see Michael again. Right. Exactly. No, I would love it if this became the original idea and we just get a and new Halloween an movie every two series. years. That's what I'm going to do. That is what Jason Blum needs to do and carpenter can literally he can do the like Shyamalan thing be like story by john carpenter and then somebody else can go write it if well, that's what his sci-fi like thing's it. supposed to yeah. be about but exactly what it comes down to always is will the audience accept that i yeah i've I seen mean, no I, evidence that they're willing to exactly i i i don't need another halloween movie for a while this one was mm-hmm. utterly satisfying as far as I was concerned. <laughs> then if I um, got terrible news for you. What, did it get greenlit, like, immediately? Blumhouse is, is saying that we could have another as early as next Halloween. It's going to be The Purge. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm down with that, too, though. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. 
I don't care. It, I don't, it, it's, it, it Michael, I will, no, Michael doesn't matter. I will matter. say, Go here's the it. biggest credit I will give this movie. I loved how much time it spent on the new characters and how yes. much Lori was a character in this movie, but it is kind of Michael's movie, if you will, yeah. with a lot of interesting side characters, but I really loved setting all of them up. So if, if Allison, you know, is the lead in the next one and she's our... Maybe we go like a Sydney Prescott route and like we get a couple movies with her. And she's like, in college now? Yeah, I don't I don't know where you want to go with it, but I could potentially be down for that. At the same time, if if they don't touch it, which obviously they are, I, I would have been fine with that because I, I felt like this with all of my expectations really delivered. Like I can't wait to watch it again and I can't wait to incorporate it into my rewatches of the franchise, which I'll continue to do. I don't quite know where it sits. I don't overall. know how That's to watch to the franchise anymore. Oh yeah, it's completely broken that down for sure. <laughs> like I just, what do I, what do I do? Um, you just pick your route and you follow through on that one. Yeah, it's like a choose your adventure story. Yeah, it is. Wanna, but if you want to go, go multiple routes, you have to keep looping back to Halloween one. Well, this is the. It's a Halloween multiverse. There we go. It, Problem yeah. solved. Yeah, there's sure. they, the next the there's next one they could sequel. come out with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the next one they could come out with is he murdered everybody in that town. No <laughs> right? one goes to that town. Then you get a Michael Myers Hanfield found footage, you know, little nice two million dollar picture that ever you know that that he releases to Netflix because he can do whatever he wants because it's it's Blumhouse. Sure, Blumhouse. What are you going to call it? Okay. Um, At the so, end of the movie, I just want him to 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 look at Laurie Strode and finally say. Two words. Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> they kept asking him to say something this whole movie, and you know Barry Allen was just on the tip of his tongue. That's all he was just thinking. Barry of. fucked the timeline. Yes. Um, I'm supposed to kill my sister. Fuck that guy. <laughs> that was probably my favorite line. No, that's just something people made up to make themselves feel better. I was not really like the commentary... When they were like, so a couple kids got knifed. That yes, that was. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Patrick. That, that was play perfect in today's too. world. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So five couple kids get knifed. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, it's almost like okay. This is this this is our post 9/11 reaction to Halloween. Boom. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like, I was glad that element was in there yeah. because there is the cynical view of people who go back and watch it now, and they're like, oh, only four people die in that movie. Like, what? Yeah. Really low body count, man. Not yeah. a lot of blood. Yeah. Didn't care for it. Because <laughs> there are those people. I'm sure those people exist. I don't want to know them, but no. I'm sure they exist. Right. Um, I feel like I'm, but an yeah, opportunity no, I love was that missed. that was voiced and immediately told to go fuck itself, right. basically. Yes. It's like, hey, if you're not invested in this shit, get the fuck there's, out. there's other movies for you, okay? Yeah, get the fuck this out of here. This is Halloween, okay? <laughs> We're making a Halloween movie right now. Please, please to be watching Halloween. If you're not, bye. Yes. Um. I feel like a real meta opportunity was missed. They could have easily made a joke about the Rob Zombie movies by saying that they were, you know, based on a true story movie. They were the stabs of For this sure. of this thing. They were the stab movies of the Halloween franchise. Yeah, the they, uh, Rob Zombie shit. Yes. Yeah, those have been perfect. It completely explain why she had all that money to build that fortress. She sued Rob Zombie for like. Not defamation of character. defamation of character. <laughs> all the fucking millions that those movies made. Boom. She doesn't ever have to work again. What am right. I doing? I'm building a fortress for the when this guy finally gets and out. I also maybe it's just in my head. Maybe I maybe I put too much stock in Will Patton in this movie. I'm sorry to keep bringing him up, guys, <laughs> but for me that scratched a little bit of the Brad Dourif itch, which again a remains kind of like the shining thing from those Rob Zombie movies. For me, is taking that character and really giving him something to do and yes. giving him some some pathos. So I. That, that was a little bit there, and then that's why it killed me again, sorry to harp on it, that he got taken out by fucking Sartain. Like, what the... <laughs> I could have done without that whole sequence. You could have just chopped it out. I enjoyed I like the, the whole twist hitting, of it, but, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You'll hold a fame in my book. Had that gone, in a, 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 gone a little further, I think it might have been worth exploring. I think it absolutely It's an interesting idea. That somebody who is drawn to and has spent that much time around him may potentially turn themselves. Um, 
But yeah, I agree. The fact that he is like literally cut down moments later, yeah, and there's no really room for that idea to breathe. I kind of would just was just like, why is it there at all? Exactly. Well, it's, yeah. just, it's maybe it's a big fuck you to. There's no point in trying to understand me evil. I'm just evil. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, again, I thought I'm it was kind of a fuck to you face. to six is what it felt like. Yeah, yeah, no. that whole character arc. No, perfect. Yeah, that's like. perfect. Well, I think not just a fuck you to six, but also kind of a fuck you to the Rob Zombie movies, because. Yeah. Sartain bit, does yeah, keep Malcolm giving McDowell, us a... For yeah. sure. Not that just Malcolm McDowell. I mean the, the need to psychoanalyze Michael Myers, to put him in a context and make him a serial killer and pigeonhole Yeah, exactly. I mean, the podcasters at the beginning and yeah. Lori literally telling them, like, there's nothing to learn from that night. It's like, if you're looking for, like, deep meaning, almost like this is how you should view the first movie. Like, yeah. You don't need to assign all of this stuff to it. Like, yeah, it happened. Simple. This event happened. Like, you don't need to look for the psychology. He murdered three of my friends, and he murdered five people. He should be in jail. Like, that's that, essentially. Yep. Um, And I, lo- I it was a good mix of the meta and addressing the audience, talking about the franchise as a whole, its legacy. I, I thought it managed to accomplish all of that, which... It didn't even have to try to do, but it managed to do that and do it in the context of a wholly satisfying, like, we're just going to set him loose and chaos ensues, basically. Yeah, it's definitely one where you don't have to have ever seen the original to enjoy it. You could totally dive into this. Definitely. I feel like with with H2O, they do give you enough that you don't have to, but it it does in that multiverse whatever (laughs) you want to call it, it. It does lend itself to having seen them, but this one... Nobody who's ever, I really want to see, I wish somebody could give me the metric of how much do the online slash uh, streaming or even, I know they can't do store-bought copies, but like how much is interest in the entire franchise up to this point tick up because you show it to someone like, you know, our age when we first saw it that's never seen those. Parents have been like, no, you can't. You throw them this one. When they finally can see it, do how many people go back and say, "Well, what what is all this about? I have no idea." Right. Because I just want to be there with that and kid then, who like sees the timeline fuck up and he's like, "Wait a minute, yeah, there's a death kid in this one. Like, what, what the hell's I'm... going on?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting world to grow up in now that this one exists yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> any yeah. any kind of final thoughts? Because I could see Gavin Gavin needs to get on the road. He's gassing right out. We can tell. I'm trying. I'm swinging for the fences, guys. I'm trying to boss a Red Sox it over here, but right. it's it's not happening. It's um, just not. Final thoughts. Uh, what you got, Patrick? Oh, I get to I get to start off sure. with starting thoughts and lead off with final thoughts. Why not? I thought, damn it. <laughs> Let's make you work for it tonight. Oh, man. My, my <laughs> brain is full of snot. All right, I'll lead off. Um, I really, really enjoyed... The, the damage of Laurie Strode in this. I do feel like it wasn't entirely necessary to re-explore some of the same arcs that we did in H2O. I feel like there maybe is a, is a, a version of Laurie's life that, uh, that we could explore elsewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's something else missing. But on the whole, I feel like this film really just nailed what a version of Laurie's life, if Laurie was not related to Michael, would be like. And I gotta say, Judy Greer really knocked the the, the knocked the estranged daughter out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the the strode child. I think I feel the sorriest for. Because, um, you know, Jamie Lloyd had a little agency, and John, well, you know, John was just a piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> Judy Greer, she, she did her best. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, I loved it. Uh, moving on, next guy. All right. I, I yeah. liked that they let Patrick, Judy Greer, um, she plays younger than she is in real life. Um, because she's my age, and... 75 happened well before the babysitter murders of 78. Mm-hmm. Um, so un- unlike actresses her age in that strata, they let her play younger. Normally, uh, middle age, where you're starting in your 40s, is a, is a tough time. And right. I, totally, I totally dig that they let 
so much of the the emotional impact rest on her shoulders like and she is almost hardened to the point where maybe Lori was in the context of h2o yes she has a little bit of that more hard-edged toughness to her i guess yeah a little more a little more cynical about the whole thing and but yeah. I, I i really like the twist for her at the end where based on everything we've seen of her when she's crying for mommy to, to help she can't do it it seems so believable. Yes. Th- like, that got uh, me. I was, yeah. That was one of the best beats in the entire movie. Yes. Happy for Halloween, sure. Michael. That was dope. Yes. Um, so, I, I, I really dig the, uh, the, 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 the 40s to 50 year old characters in the movie, I guess. Because it's all about, it's all about yeah. uh, Judy and Toby Huss for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting that we have a Halloween movie where we have just as many interesting, you know, over 40 characters as we do our teen characters. And they all are kind of balanced fairly well throughout yes. the movie, I thought. So, yeah. yeah. The one thing I would have added probably would have been another deputy. And I would have thrown Scoop McNary right in there. I just <laughs> think he'd have made this like, I'd have, he'd have taken it from 83% to a solid 87%. Okay. Um, <laughs> but despite the Scoop McNary of it all, uh, I loved it. I thought it should definitely be like revisited multiple times. Everything worked for me. Uh, I definitely want to watch it again so I can see the full on because what I saw of the uh, the the uh, Children of Men shot, whatever you want to call it, the Warner. You guys are calling it the Warner, but it's I'll call Warner. it the I'll call it the Clive Owen. Single if you want to take, do it. whatever you want to call yeah, it. You know. I I thought a very convincing one. If there's hidden edits in there, they're very yeah, no, well no, and apparently there are not. I maybe. was gonna say that just looked like great choreography. Because that, as far as I can tell. that street, I have friends who live around the corner from that, and they dealt with it for so long. And so, I, I, on one hand, I want to be like, "What are you? Are you kidding me? Hollywood's right. Like, there's a Hollywood movie being made next door, and it's gonna inconvenience you for a few weeks." Yeah. But like seeing what all they did, I'm like, "You guys should, you know, really go see this and enjoy it that it was made here in this town." And like. If anything, maybe that kickstart people want to come back here again because we used to have great incentives. We used to be up there. Mc, Georgia McBride is steadily trying to bring I, people down. There's new HBO shows down yeah. here. It's gonna be so, it's gonna be but, good times for South Carolina film production. But yeah, no, this one was perfect to me. I mean, I'll probably watch it again and, and maybe find a couple flaws that you can go out for me. The beats I have mentioned, I'm like, yeah. I, I agree with you. The the new Loomis, the all that, but. I'm just happy that I get to live in a time where I can go sit in a dark theater in a comfortable lounging seat with you, little brother, and knowing that like my cousins went to do the same thing, and I get to watch a Halloween movie around Halloween. Like, I don't know why Overlord is not next week before Halloween. Why are you waiting till November? I don't get it. But... Because nobody wants to be in the way of this, man. It's going to own October. I know it is, dude. I know. I mean, I I knew the answer before I asked the question. Absolutely. But I just, I'm glad that we get to go see Halloween in theaters together because Resurrection was fun. The zombie movies were fun, but they weren't as fun as this. Yeah, no, this is definitely, I can say that. Of the ones I've seen in the theater, you know, it, it might be might be tops for me. Yeah. I have a special place in my heart for H2, but that's a conversation for another day uh yeah i again i don't feel like i necessarily need to give mine i i thoroughly enjoyed it i had a few nitpicks here and there can't wait to watch it again it is a good halloween movie uh i'm so glad we got to talk about this with you guys i'm sure we're going to continue to talk about it over the next several months across all of our other podcasts and uh one more time guys please plug away for uh, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Indeed. You you all want to come back and join us on Monday because that's when the fun kicks off. Beginning Monday, we're coming at you every single day from now until Halloween. We're going to do Halloween 2 on Monday, 3 on Tuesday, on and on to the 31st when the four of us are going to be right back in your ears again talking about the whole franchise. Yes. And I'm sure we'll talk way more about Halloween 2018, and I assume most of us will have seen it at least maybe one more time before then. Potentially. So, uh, I look forward to it, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for the special October edition of the Movie Arc, where we've been talking about Halloween 
2018. I have been Noah. I have been Gavin. I have been Matthew. I am still Patrick. And we have been the Blanchard Cousins. No, we gotta be the Blanchard Review. And we've been the All Blanchard (laughs) Review. There you go. (laughs) Ladies of Tampa. Ladies of Tampa. (laughs) 